Yesterday's price is not today's price. Give me a second, I'm trying to select the appropriate weapon. Uh. Watch who you stepping, them snakes all around, you know they connected, uh When I was a kid, my grandmama told me I can't go to heaven So I stopped praying and asking for blessings and started preparing for my Armageddon Got nothing to lose, I'm all in, walking the edge, don't fall in Enough of the lies, don't apologize, I don't understand, are you foreign? This is the place, this is the site, grab all your people and log in I'm waiting, don't care how long it's gonna take Welcome to the third and three podcast. Glad that you can join us today live on Facebook. And it's an awesome Wednesday night, as always, when we come to you and talk football and talk all things football. So let's start by introducing this great panel that we have with us today. Let's start with the resident diva, the one who catches the one-handed passes, the reality TV queen herself, yes. Nikki. Just what's going on, Nikki? What's up? What's up? Oh, it's Wednesday. I feel good. I'm coming off day six of Giants training camp. So lots to get into. Feeling good, though. I'm feeling encouraged. Okay. I like the sounds of that. Okay. I like yeah. that for sure. And yeah. we have a special guest with us today. He is a contributor to the 33 Podcast website and now the show, also part of Jersey Sporting News, Mike Dilger. What's going on, Mike? How you doing, guys? Thank you so much for this opportunity, and I'm excited to get started. Really looking forward to it. Oh, for yeah. sure, man. And please let the people know a little bit about you. Where can they follow you, and how did you get to this point where you were on the podcast with us? Of course. So uh, I'm on Twitter at Mike Dilge. Uh, you can uh, heckle me for all my opinions on there. I've been voicing my opinion uh, publicly for a few weeks now. Um, but basically, I got into this whole opportunity. I'm doing my internship with uh, Jersey Sporting News currently uh, as a social media contributor. Contributor uh, met, met Nikki through then. Um, but really, my passion has to do with the NFL and football. And I've known since about my freshman year of college. I'm going into my senior year now um, at a school called Drew University. But I've known ever since my freshman year that I wanted to work in the industry around football. It's just where I love talking about it. I love writing about it, everything to do with it. And I actually had this really unique opportunity. Um, just last year, I took a sports management class and I come in and the professor is actually Justin Tucker's agent, the kicker for the Ravens. Oh, wow. And that is oh. so sweet. Yeah, no, I was starstruck for a second. Um, so I've made a great relationship with him. Um, I'm actually going to be doing some work in his agency this fall coming up. Um, so I'm really excited with that and I'm excited to get started with the podcasting as well. Wow. So you are a big uh, Buffalo Bills fan. And how did you become such a big Buffalo Bills fan? Are you from Upper State New York? It's actually a funny story. So my dad came from New Zealand um, about 30 years ago and met my mom here. And he went to graduate school in uh, North Carolina, UNC. And his roommate actually introduced him to the game of football. He had never heard of it before. And his roommate happened to be from upstate New York. And he was a diehard Bills fan. So that was my dad's really his whole introduction to the game of football. And that's just how I was raised. Um, it's bills through and through okay. here. And I wouldn't want to have it any other way. That's okay. no, very cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I definitely love to hear stories like that. We have fem uh, similar stories when it comes to our families kind of introducing us to the game and our love for the game coming from our family. So you definitely fit right in when it comes to that. 
And we have a lot to cover today. So we're definitely going to get into your Buffalo Bills as we preview the AFC East a little later. Uh, yep. Nikki's going to get to torture us with Naj with Nikki. <laughs> we're also yes. going to do uh, Mount Player Player, where we're going to talk about preseason pre storylines and see which ones that are the most intriguing to us personally. And then we'll close out the show with this or that, where we'll do some fantasy tips and some, some different fantasy questions from Nikki. But we got to start with neighborhood news. And not only neighborhood news, but the entire 33 Podcast show is brought to you by Reebok. Now, if you go to 33podcast.com, scroll down a little bit, you'll see our link for Reebok where you get an exclusive deal. You get up to 60% off of the Reebok apparel line that's online right now by 33podcast.com and using our specific link. It's up there until, I believe, August 11th, if I remember correctly. It's going to be up, up to 60% off by an hour link. Again, go to 33pod.com, use the Reebok link there, and get up to 60% off. Why don't you pass it up? Go ahead and check it out. All right. So I mentioned all that fun stuff that we're going to talk about later in the show, but we have to start with something serious. The biggest news in the NFL, of course, is Deshaun Watson, right? So it was announced a few days ago that the independent arbitrator, Sue L. Robinson, came to a decision of six games for Deshaun Watson uh, to be suspended. And it was announced today that the NFL is going to appeal that. And Roger, the, Roger Goodell, excuse me, has the last word, either him or someone he assigns, has the last word on the suspension, what the final suspension will be. Now, of course, things can escalate from there, depending on what Watson's team wants to do after that. But if you guys is... How do you feel about the six-game suspension that was held down by the judge? And how do you feel about the NFL appealing the six-game suspension, trying to get a longer one? I'll start with you, Mike. I mean, yeah, I think we know just because you compare this to other suspensions, and it's honestly, to me, I know that most people feel this way. It's a joke, uh, only six games. And I think that They've, the NFL has actually set a great precedent by appealing this because this is something we need to see going forward. You know, there's been so many light um, sort of sentences on things that really deserve a little more, especially when you go to domestic violence or sexual assault cases like that. So I think this is a good step in the right direction. And I honestly do think that it'll go um, above one season or maybe just one season. And I think that's a good thing, honestly. Okay, and I definitely hear you on that. And Nikki, what are your feelings towards the initial suspension and now the NFL appealing it? Yeah, I mean, like I've been saying, it, sometimes the NFL makes it very tough for women to be fans <laughs> like of this league, right? Because, and I say I'm guilty of it all the time because I will be there week one watching, but it's almost like I have to push aside all you know, the crap that the league tolerates. Um, and it's different rules for different people. I really don't understand that. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, you know, you guys see the comparison, like what Tom Brady got, how many games, three games for what the football, I mean, this guy, he hired what 30 masseuses off Instagram and they're all saying the same thing. I just, you know, like, not that I have like high morals or anything, but morally, like that doesn't really sit right. So it's tough to come like compartmentalize that and still be a fan. But I just the NFL cannot get it right. Now, if this was the NBA, I feel like they would get it right. But the NFL just can never get 
anything right when it comes to issues like sexual harassment, domestic violence, social issues. They just can't do it. Like the NBA is leaps and bounds ahead of them. Now, I definitely hear where you're coming from on this. And for me, I definitely think the NFL has done the right thing by appealing. But I don't know if they can get more games, speaking from just a legal standpoint, because with all the accusations, with all of the witness testimony, it still was not enough to even bring this to trial. So I don't know if they're going to be able to say, we want you to suspend it for a year when Watson's legal team and NFLPA can rebuke that by saying, our guy wasn't even found guilty enough to even go to trial, let alone be charged or go to jail for any of this stuff. And I'm definitely not saying he's innocent at all. I'm just saying there wasn't enough evidence to charge him. So when it comes to trying to get more games, I think the NFL is doing this because of the public outlash, right? They're doing this because they know if they didn't try to appeal this, it wouldn't look good. And that the public reception of them would be bad again. Like all those instances that you talked about, Nikki, where they just didn't do the right things. And for the people who are out raged by what's going on and the fact that he only got six games to start off with. I know that you want a bigger penalty for Deshaun Watson, but also we have to remember that it's not the NFL's job to give him the penalty that we want for what he was accused of is the justice system's job to get the real penalty that we want for someone who's accused of these things. The NFL's job isn't to do that. Now I am glad that he did hire the independent arbitrator to be there for these types of situations because obviously all the examples that you named, Nikki, they weren't qualified to handle these type of things. When it comes to someone taking performance enhancing drugs, the NFL knows what to do. When it comes to somebody gambling on the game, the NFL knows what to do. When it do comes to situations know? like this, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to situations like this, the NFL isn't qualified. They just don't know how to handle it. So they hired this independent arbitrator to do that. And a lot of people aren't happy with what the independent arbitrator came up with. So that's why they appealed. I don't think, honestly, I can see Goodell coming down and saying, we're going to give him a year. But then Watson's team is going to sue. They're going to try to appeal it. It's going to go to like the highest courts of the land. And eventually, I think we're going to get back to six games because <laughs> of the legal standing of what it is. So I think the NFL did the right thing. And they're finally handling this the right way for the first time in a very long time. But I think at the end of the day, we're not going to get the penalty that most people want because of the lack of legal stability their case has to get more games. Do you think my do you think my view on this is a little too dim, Nikki? Um, no, I get what you're saying. And we did talk about this, you know, months ago where we're saying, you know, legally it just wasn't enough there to convict, obviously. So, you know, you do have to take that into consideration, much as people don't want to consider that. That is part of this whole entire thing. And we need to be factual and try to be objective. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, it is messy. I just wish that the NFL could start to get some of this right. Like like I said, you, you know, the NBA – there's really, they have issues, but it, it doesn't go like to this extent. Like, it's just, it's not a great situation. I think that there's probably no great outcome that anyone's going to be happy with. So, you know, I guess we'll see, but I, I hope that NFL can start like getting the same rules, you know, like if you're accused of sexual harassment, this is the rule book for you. Not like you're Deshaun Watson and, 
this one gambled and you get a year, but you sexually harassed 30 girls. You get six games. You inflated a football or deflated it. You get three. Like what, what, what the fuck is that? What is that? Who goes to work? And the rules are different for everybody. The only problem that I see with that too, is that if we weren't talking about Deshaun Watson or an upper echelon quarterback, this guy wouldn't even be questioned for being on any roster in the team. No one would spend this much money, this much. They would, they're putting their jobs on the line and their reputation on the line for a guy like this. And it's just because he's so talented, this is what they're going through. I think that's kind of messed up in the same regard too. Yeah. And you'll see that in every walk of life, right? We have a million actors who are very talented, who've gotten away with so much stuff. Like the people who are talented tend to or have the access to get away with this type of stuff, right? And that's something that has to be treated and corrected, not only in football, but in acting, in medicine, in every walk of life, we have to stop treating the talented people with less regard when it comes to the rules. And I think that's something that this situation is putting even more of a light on. So that was a great point by you, Mike, about how if he was a bottom tier quarterback, we wouldn't be having this conversation. He would be out of the league. Teams wouldn't take this chance on him. But because he's top 10 quarterback and top 10 quarterbacks don't grow on trees, we're in this situation. So definitely a great point by you. And we'll see what happens going forward. I'm pretty sure we'll have more news on this next week as it is going to be an expedited process. So we should get something very fast on this going into it. And we'll unfortunately have to talk about it a bit more. But (laughs) now let's get into some fun stuff. I mentioned earlier, my man Mike is a big Buffalo fan. So let's get into the AFC East. All right. So we're going to preview the AFC East by letting you know what teams we think are going to finish in what place and why. Let's start with fourth place and let's start with Nikki. What team do you have finishing in fourth place in AFC East? Oh, man. Well, I have the Jets finishing fourth. I'm sorry, Jets fans. I know some of you who are on the JSN uh, team here who have the Jets winning 11 games. Uh, Love you, but I I mean, (laughs) have you seen the schedule? It is brutal. Listen, I, I have praised the Jets and their draft since you know, since the beginning when we did our draft grades right after. So I think that they knocked it out of the park in the offseason. They are adding much needed talent. They've got a young, you know, team out there that I think they're just going to continue to build on. I do think Zach Wilson's going to improve. I don't know that it's going to be, you know, a quantum leap, as you would say. I don't even know if it's going to be leaps and bounds, but it's going to be better. Um, Listen, they're going to, I mean, look, they would have to be, where is it? I pulled it up. Bears, Lions, Jags, Seahawks. Like, that's four right there. I, maybe you're going to win five because you're going to win one that you shouldn't. Like, you're going to win a division game where you probably shouldn't win, you know, maybe against Miami or New England or something. So I'm going to go five and 12 for them. Not because I don't believe in the talent. I just think that schedule is brutal. Um, that's brutal for a veteran team, and they're an extremely young team. Yes, for sure. I definitely hear what you're saying there. And to your Jets fans, friends, I expect, you know, I always expect them to be positive. But, you know, you just sometimes you got to be like, "Eh, I I see your positivity, but I got to bring the negativity with that. That's what I do. Bring the negativity. Bring the realism and the negativity. It's what I I do best. The only thing when I was looking into these teams, uh, which we'll touch on a little later, that have the brightest future. I mean, the Jets have done everything right these past few years. I mean, maybe. Zach Wilson wasn't the right choice, but you have to say they've put him in the greatest situation to succeed. Maybe not now, not immediately, but you look at these guys, Brees Hall, 
Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, one of them has to become a star. They're too good of talents to not become at least one of them to become mm-hmm. a star for this team. And I think going forward, we could see this roster take huge leaps and bounds, but I just don't think it's this season. Okay, so you also have them finishing in fourth place. Absolutely, yeah. All right. And do you have a record? Do you have an exact record to put with it? I actually was the same thing, 5-12. and 12. I think oh, that's, that? that's generous. I mean, you saw them last year. They beat the Bengals out of nowhere. They'll get one random, but they'll also have these bad losses where they'll lose to some of the worst teams in football. That's just what the Jets are. I don't think it's changing this year. Okay, yeah, I definitely agree with both of you guys. I have the Jets finishing in fourth place as well. I went five and twelve as well, so we are in synergy here to start yes. <laughs> this segment for sure. Uh, just looking at their roster, you got some improvements for sure. You you know you got Garrett Wilson coming in, uh, CJ Uzma from the Bengals coming over, but can he stay healthy is a big thing with him. Uh, Brees Hall as the uh, running back coming in, so you have some improvements there, but I still don't see enough to make this team that much better. I think you'll see just better play from them. Like you'll see, I talked about it earlier or in earlier episodes where you need to see improvements on the normal things, avoiding penalties, you know, just being able to get through your plays and execute properly. I think you'll see that this year, but you won't see winning from them this year. So we all three agree on the Jets finishing at four. So now this is where it can get a little tricky. I have to touch on um, sauce Gardner. Even as a Bills fan, I know that guy is a stud. I mean, he's been the talk of camp so far. He's dangerous, and their secondary has been putrid for years. So that even that pick could change a whole secondary, could take away a whole side of the field. So who knows what he'll bring to that defense. I mean, he brings swag. He brings great play. So we'll see how he impacts it. He could be a great leader for them, even in year one. How do you not bring swag if your nickname is Sauce? You have to. You have to. Otherwise... Right. I mean, you just have yeah. to have swag. No, you, you definitely have to have the right swag. We'll see if sauce is the right ingredient. Oh, oh I was one somebody was yeah. it. I was wondering who would have been Jay if he was here today. Yes, I did that in honor of Jason, who's not with us today, but hopefully he'll be back next week for sure. So Nikki, who do you have finishing in third place in AFC East? Um, I actually have the Patriots finishing in third. I um you guys see the Patriots fans are very, very adamant. Oh, but they won 10 games last year. Yeah, by the skin of their teeth on half of them. Like, I'm just not in love, really, with this roster. I don't think they did enough in the offseason. And my biggest hang-up is they are splitting the play calling between Matt Patricia who D hates and Joe judge who I hate. And I just do not, if that was me, I but just get rid of them. Like, I don't know. Bill Belichick call plays yourself. Like I don't understand what we're doing here. I don't love it. Um, and they have, let me see. I think they've also got a pretty tough schedule. Like they start on the road against Miami Pittsburgh. Then they come home. They have to play the Ravens. Then it's okay for them. We go to Thanksgiving, four straight primetime games from Thanksgiving on, and then they got to end the season back home against Buffalo and Cincinnati. So I, mm. I just don't know that this schedule is going to, you know, really be in their favor, and I don't think the play calling is going to be there. Ooh, so I have them <laughs> nine. Sorry, eight and nine. Eight and nine. Okay. No, I, you definitely make a good case for why you believe New England will be third in division for sure. Mike, do you agree with her? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's a tough time for New England. I think 
in an offseason where every pretty much every AFC top team took huge leaps and bounds forward, this team really went backwards. Um, mm-hmm. J.C. Jackson is a huge loss for them on the defense. He was really their only star that they had, and now it's just a bunch of guys. Th- 34-year-old Devin McCourty is still playing for them at Free State. <laughs> the defense is yeah. kind of a joke at this point, and I know they've always gotten the most out of guys like that. But I don't know. This is just seems like a team that's going in the wrong direction. And then you look at the offense. Patriots fans are excited about Devontae Parker. No one's been excited about Devontae Parker since five years ago when he was drafted. I mean, that's a joke to have him as your wide receiver one. They don't know how to use their tight end. I mean, Hunter Henry scored touchdowns, but Jonu Smith's contract is a joke at this point. They underutilized him. They got a lot to figure out. I don't know how they're going to compete with most of these teams in the AFC, to be honest. They're not. So what record are you giving the Patriots? I have them at 7-10. and Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, man. Man. Like, whoa. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like it. Mike coming in strong. I love yeah, it. Yeah, coming in hot. <laughs> but I agree with Mike. I got seven and ten as well. I see this team taking a big step back this year. I think Mac Jones will be better going into the second year. We saw a lot of signs of him being a good quarterback who can make good decisions and manage the pocket and all those good things that you know good quarterbacks do. But like you mentioned, he doesn't have the weapons to go to. When Devontae Parker's your guy that you're depending on. Has he ever been dependable, not only on the field, but as far as being somebody who can stay on the field? Like, has he ever been somebody who's give you 16, now 17 games in a season? He's never been that guy. Uh, And we also have some compliments coming in from our YouTube fans saying Mike knows himself there. Thank (laughs) you so much. Appreciate that. So, and they're right. You definitely are on point with this prediction of seven and 10. Like you said, the defense isn't, that's what's supposed to be their strength is their defense. Like if the offense isn't there, it's supposed to be the defense for the Patriots and the defense doesn't look that good. It, it just doesn't look good for me. So I'm going seven and 10 as well. Third place for the new England Patriots. So now let's go to second place. And I have a feeling we're all going to agree on this one, but can't assume, can't assume. Sure <laughs> uh, Nikki, who do you have finishing in second? Well, I know Mike has Buffalo finishing in second, so spoiler alert to everybody. Sorry about that. No, obviously, um, I have Miami finishing second. You know what? You know what this team reminds me of? I know you guys don't watch Housewives. Do you secretly watch Housewives? Because I know your wife does. So, you know, like in between seasons, right? The ladies, they like, you know, just get a little like nip tuck here, a little this, that, and then they come back like all refreshed and like with a brand new face that they bought at the plastic surgeon. That's what this team reminds me of. So it's fitting that it's Miami. I feel like they went, got a facelift, got a boob job, got a tummy tuck. They went and did all this stuff, right? You still have two of there. But, I mean, I feel like you got enough to work with that um, you shouldn't have a bad season. Like, I just do not understand how you could have a terrible season. I don't think Tua needs to play hero ball. I think he's got enough around him. If he could just – you know what? You can be like a Jimmy G. Actually, thank you for not bringing up Jimmy G. I'm sick to death of hearing this <laughs> shit all week. But you can kind of be a game manager. I'm not saying that like he's going to take it to the promised land, but sometimes you can be an okay quarterback, a la Ryan Tannehill, and you could be on a really you know good team that's got good talent around them. So I think they will come in second. That defense is something serious. If they keep rolling like they did, like we saw at the end of the season. Remember they went on like that – they came out of nowhere. It's like week eight, nine. And so, oh, wow, where this defense come from? Um, so I'm going to put them uh, maybe 10 wins, 10, 11 wins. I'll go Ooh. to 10. Yeah. It's actually okay. exactly what I had. I had them at 10 and seven. Uh, 
there's a lot of question marks around this team. I am not the biggest Tua guy. I don't know if anyone is right now. But honestly, he has everything he needs. Even if he's just dinking and dunking like last year, which he shouldn't have to with an improved offensive line, um, he can have these guys take it to the house. I mean, the problem that we've seen is that he had Jalen Waddle last year, and I don't remember one long bomb touchdown to him. It just didn't happen. But then we're seeing these videos in the offseason so far. He just hit Tyreek deep the other day for something like a 65-yard touchdown or something like that. But the run game is also a huge question mark for me. You know, you got rid of Miles Gaskin. So you've got three new guys here. How is that run game going to complement them? Because last year it was non-existent. No touchdowns, no yards. I know they had no talent. I think Chase Edmonds and Mostert are really talented. So we got to see how that complements their new passing attack as well. Okay. I definitely hear where both of you guys are coming from with the improvements that they've made. And I like the analogy that Nikki made about someone getting – a uh, little, little nip tuck, a little facial lift, maybe a little, little neck work makes the face look tighter. I, I've seen that, right? Yeah. And a person can get that, but their personality can still be trash and it doesn't really fix anything. Oh, yeah. And I feel like that's what we're seeing with Miami. We've seen all the outer improvements, but you still have the Tua problem. So I think because they still have the Tua issue where he's not the guy, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I don't think he's the guy. No. And with all this work around him, it's still not going to equivalent to this team being great. I haven't finished in nine and eight. I think they finished second in division, but because the AFC is so stacked, when you look at the AFC North with Baltimore, Cincinnati, Cleveland, depending on the whole Deshaun Watson situation, you look at the AFC West, we all know how stacked that is. I don't think they make the playoffs. I don't think only one team, which of course we all agree on, will make the playoffs from the division, and that'll be Buffalo. So I got them finishing nine and eight, missing the playoffs. They'll be improved. But it'll be a year where we see, like, okay, we have to move forward without Tua Tagovailoa being our guy. Am I being too harsh on Tua? I don't think so. No. I think you hit the nail on that there. No. He deserves it. Let me yeah. tell you, if you have all, if you have this team around you, you have a shit year, you don't even win, like, eight or nine games. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a Tua problem. That's a you problem. Like, that, I, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think anybody's that year. high on him. Yeah. Nah, for sure. So maybe he'll prove me wrong. But for right now, I'm saying he's the issue. You can do all the nipping and tucking around him you want to. <laughs> but <laughs> he's he's just not going to make it work. So now we'll get to number one. Of course, we all agree on Buffalo. Let's start with Nikki. Why do you have Buffalo number one? Um, Josh Allen. You know, so funny <laughs> in training camp yesterday. So Brian Dable comes out. Everybody's standing around. I forget which reporter stupidly asked like oh do you compare daniel jones to josh allen and brian dable's face was just like bitch like if he could have just said are you effing kidding me like you you want you know he wanted to say it was on the tip of his tongue and you know he gave the can well that's not fair there's two different quarterbacks but you could just see it written all over his face so um Listen, I mean, how do you not have Buffalo? They are right there. I think they're going to be right there again. I think we all, you know, agree. I'm going to, you know, defer to Mike on this one. This is his team. But, you know, I, guys, I really think they're going to go like 13 and four. They're t they open against the Rams. And then they have a little bit of a tough schedule. But then it's pretty easy for them. So I think they have that going for them. But, yeah, I, I just think they'll be right back there with 13 wins. I think okay. – um for the rest of the league, the scariest thing is that as good as this team was last year, especially down the stretch and in the playoffs, this team still has a lot to improve on from last year. We watched terrible losses. They lost to the Steelers, 
Jacksonville, they lost 9-6 to six without even a touchdown. Got killed by the Colts. Jonathan Taylor had five touchdowns. I mean, there were some joke games in there. If this team really – they have a perfect roster from top to bottom. They just added all the little pieces they need. Crowder, they got Von Miller in the offseason. I mean, they're set up to be so dominant. I personally have them at 14-3 and three just because there's got to be some losses in there. But this team has all the tools to win – or at least to be in every single game. They really have no excuse to lose any game against any team. I think last year in the playoffs, the Chiefs and Tyreek Hill were the only team that was going to beat them in that situation. Just Tyreek taking that touchdown 70 yards. No one else in the league can do that. And now that he's on the Dolphins, I think it improved um, both sides of the coin for the Bills. The Chiefs got worse, and the Dolphins, he's not really going to be an issue there. So the Bills are set up. I mean, it really can't get better than this. This is the time. If they fail again, I mean, come on. I've watched it too many times. Oh, I just can't have it happen again. So I really need this to be the year. Can't go through the heartbreak yeah. again. Believe me, I, I understand. I get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. The heartbreak just gets to be a little too much. You know, but with you guys, it's like you're right there. You know what I mean? It's like right there, right there, and some, like, heartbreaking, you know, loss. So, yeah, I, yeah. I get it. Is it almost feel like Buffalo is, like, expectations are too high that they'll fail? Sometimes oh, – it's brutal because usually we've been the underdog for years and years, even in Josh's early years or his third year. But now it's like every sports book, number one odds to be MVP, number one odds to yeah. win the Super Bowl. It's like, oh, my yeah. God. I don't really like being in that position as a fan because then if they do anything but that, we're a laughing stock of a team. So it's a lot of pressure for sure. Yeah. Oh, don't yeah. mind my husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going. Oh, he's going back to the game. You knew it was coming. Thankfully, I wasn't alive, but. <laughs> oh, my God. What That's right. I forgot. You're like, what, 21? Something like that? It's yeah, I'm only 20, so. Oh, wow. So for the, this is the first time in the show's history. I'm not the youngest guy on the show. Yeah. Uh, hey, <laughs> I'm so, yes, we have, you have the young energy from Mike today. Uh, and before we move on. I heard through the grapevine that you disagree with our quarterback rankings, that you thought we had Josh Allen too low on our QB rankings. I think I had him third. Yeah, I think you have him third as well, Nikki. I had him behind Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes. Yeah. So here's the floor, Mike. Why is Josh Allen the best QB in the league? (laughs) See, I could maybe sympathize with you if you had him second because him and Mahomes, I mean, even as a Bills fan, I can agree they're two sides of the same coin. But Rodgers, to me, is just a joke. And I've got a lot of reasons why. First of all, um, Rodgers has just had this plethora of weapons. He's always had Adams. Before that, he had Jordy Nelson. We haven't seen the guy take over the team like Josh can. Even in his prime, this might be a hot take, Rodgers is winning MVPs left and right still. But Josh has a better prime and will have a better prime than Aaron Rodgers ever did. He can do so many things that Rodgers couldn't do. Rodgers can scramble a little bit, but Josh is his own wrecking ball. If it's third and two, there's literally nothing an opposing defense can do. Josh can throw it past you. He can run through a linebacker. He can jump over a cornerback. He can fake the whole thing and shovel pass it to Dawson Knox like he did against the Patriots. He's literally the most unstoppable quarterback. He's Cam Newton on steroids. There's no one that can do what he can in the rushing and in the passing game. He can make every throw. He can throw it the, the longest pass in the NFL. There's, there's really no one, if this is just on talent alone, Josh has reached that upper echelon that I don't think any quarterback can have an argument with. Okay. Not going to lie to you. Make a very solid argument for Josh Allen being being the best quarterback in the league. And that's one thing that I've always pointed to is his ability as far as being able to run the ball and throw the ball and make those 
crazy plays where there's seems like there's nothing there, and then boom, he makes 15 yards out of it. Yeah. Him and Mahomes both have that ability to make something out of nothing for sure. Uh, with Rodgers, he's just been so consistent, especially the last couple of years, winning back-to-back MVPs. That's why I had him number one. With Mahomes, it just was having a little bit of a longer track record than Allen at this point, just a little bit longer. So that's why I had him third, but I'm a huge Allen fan. Nikki can tell you that was my biggest prediction. A couple of years yes. ago, yes. I made the prediction that he would take a really? quantum leap. Yeah. Awesome. That? yeah, so that's that's the one I lay my hat on. Whenever that's anybody asks me if I know sports, I'm like, I'm the one who predicted Josh Allen would make this quantum leap that's in his career. Sweet. I love that. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a huge Josh Allen fan. And speaking of heartbreak, they can, Nikki can tell you that too. I picked Buffalo to go Super Bowl last year. So when they lost oh. their game to the Chiefs, I felt it as if I was a Bills fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sure did. I actually yeah. have a funny little snippet from that game um, real quick that I had to touch on. Um, I was yeah. actually watching the Chiefs game in my basement with my whole family, and uh, they scored that last touchdown, and obviously we all went nuts. And we actually had two folding tables set up in my backyard, and we were going <laughs> to jump off the porch. And I was going to go elbow first. I, who cares what happens? Because this was going to be the craziest moment I've ever seen. And then I go back from setting up the table just to watch that one play. And I'm like, oh, my God. And my <laughs> oh, it was just brutal. And then when you yeah. saw the coin toss, I knew it was over. The defense is just, oh, yeah. my God. To be yeah. let yeah. down. You were like gas that, at that point, yeah. Oh, brutal. Yeah, no, I, like I said, Nikki could tell you I took that loss hard because I was like, Buffalo's going to make it. This, I'm going to be right about this pick. And uh, <laughs> it definitely, definitely hit me hard last year when they lost that game. But oh, yeah. uh, to get back to Buffalo, I agree with both of you guys. I got them at 13 and four this year. They have all the tools in the book. And then they were already super good. Then you add Avon Miller to that defense and you bring back uh, Shaq Mason. You bring back these guys who can really just improve that defense and make them even more lethal. And I like the addition of James Cook at running back. Right. That's been a, a big thing for the Bills is. Can you stop having Josh Allen beat a running game? I, know. I think this year, <laughs> and I think this year with the addition of James Cook, and I think they'll just put more effort into having their running backs be more successful instead of putting the whole running game on Josh Allen. And it's still nice to have that option there of Josh Allen as far as doing maybe you know a zone read where he fakes the handoff and goes around the corner. They still have that threat there along with having good running backs uh, to go with it. So I definitely agree with you guys on that. Mike, you made a, be- a great argument for Josh Allen being the best quarterback in the league. So I'll definitely, if he continues to ball out like this, he'll definitely be in that conversation for best in the league this year there for you sure. Go. I'll take it. <laughs> we move him up to number two. You know, I, you know what? I'd be okay throwing Rodgers out. That guy really annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> really pisses me off. No, it's, for sure, for sure. So that was our preview of the AFC East. So now let me get the sound ready because you always got to have this sound to play when it comes to Nikki's time. That's right. So now it is time for Knowledge with Nikki. Mike, uh, hopefully you have a warning about this and you're ready for <laughs> I have no idea what to expect, to be honest. That's, and that's the thing. I've been doing this for two and a half years. I still have no idea 
what to expect <laughs> when it comes to Nikki. So you are not alone in having no idea what to expect with the trivia. So Nikki, what is the topic today? Well, because we have a game, I like Mike, and I like him to come back and keep contributing with us. I figured let's do something relatively easy. Remember you guys like the who said it? So I give you the movie line and then you guys give me, you get a point if you give me the movie character that said it and you get a point if you get the movie right. So you can get two points. Oh God, I'm terrible with movies. <laughs> well, me too. But I mean, so, you know, thought Jay was going to be here. Um, so now you guys can double up. All right. So that'll be fun. You have your three and then, you know, we'll throw... I'll take two of Jay's and then I'll give you guys four each. Okay. Now that sounds good. And since Mike's the guest, you get to go first and throw you right into the deep water with yeah. Nikki here and you send these questions. All right. All right. Sounds good. You know what, Mike? At least you didn't have like horticulture, right? Sometimes we do like bagel day. We do oh. like junk food day. We do. Okay. That's fair. Uh, oh, we did environmental day. We did the rain. Oh, Those two were like, I hate this girl. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> That's great. All right. So here we go. Number one, movie line. Give me some of your tots. I have no clue. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. No idea. You said, give All me right, some deep. of your tots. Tots. Yeah. Like tater tots. Tots. Uh man, I feel like I can picture the movie in my head, but I can't remember the name of it because I feel like it's one with Jennifer Aniston. Uh, give me a tot. So I'm gonna take your husband's guess. He said Napoleon Dynamite. That is correct. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like you can you can use a lifeline if you want. You know, okay, you're allowed right. to use a lifeline if somebody pops in. All right. Sounds good. All right. Nice job. Okay, number two, Mike. What is this? A school for ants? I mean, it's got to be. What is that? A Bug's Life? Something like that? I'm gonna guess a Bug's Life. I know they got ants in that movie, so. He's as bad with movies as I am. That's great. No, it's not a Bug's Life though. Damn. <laughs> wow. Uh, what is this? A. School a school for ants. For ants. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that one's not not striking anything with me, so I'm gonna have to pass and just pass hope. on that one. <laughs> yeah, Zoolander. Zoolander. Oh. oh wow, I haven't seen Zoolander in a super long time. Super long time. Oh, so, I am wow. him. He got it. Oh okay. Yeah, you guys maybe got we. I get the lifelines like tossed. Yeah, in I there. should. I should take some more time. Maybe. <laughs> All right, number three, Mike. Whoever said orange is the new pink was seriously disturbed. Damn, I was hoping for something Star Wars or something that would really jump out oh, at me. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to pass this one to D again. I, I'm really <laughs> struggling here. Uh, say that line you one more should, time. You should know this one. Whoever really? said Whoever said orange is the new pink was seriously disturbed. Uh, is it the devil wears Prada? No, legally blonde. Oh, oh okay. Blonde. Yes, kind of <laughs> in that range. Okay, Mike, one more for you. All right, let's see. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? <laughs> it's got to be a comedy movie. 
Uh, nothing that I know, though. I'm going to just guess out of nowhere. I'm going to just say super bad just to get a guess in there. No. That's that's a good guess. Uh, it definitely is kind of, it sounds like it's in that genre of comedy. Yes, um, it is a comedy. Uh, Can confirm. So I'm going to go with the I Am Him podcast. They're saying meet the parents. It is meet the parents. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I, I didn't really win, though. I just, I got both of them. From, <laughs> from you just people. got lucky on the timing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't have, I don't have any points. It's our, our guest, our audience has two points. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Two to the house. <laughs> All right, D. Ready? I am ready as I can you be. Get, get ready <laughs> as you can be, right? I'm kind of a big deal. People know me. Oh, wow. Oh, that sounds like a Kevin Hart line. I don't know if it's him. Um, I'm kind of a big deal. People know me. It's probably awful because I am just literally reading the line, you know, with like nothing behind my voice. So it's <laughs> <laughs> a little harder. Um, I'm going to go with American Pie. No. Uh, Mike, you want to try this one? I, I don't even have a guess. It's it's just so broad. Oh, lost it there for a second. It's just so it's just so broad. It could be. I have no idea. Uh, Anchorman. Oh, Robert, that too. Damn it. That does. That now that you say that, it definitely sounds like him in that movie for sure. <laughs> All right, D. Here we go. Number two. See that NYPD means I will knock your punk ass down. Oh. Will Smith said the line. Now, which movie did he say it in? Which movie did he uh, say it in? Oh, man. It's crazy because I'm a huge Will Smith fan. I should know this. <laughs> ah, I'm surprised you don't. <laughs> ah. uh. was, that, was that Bad Boys? It was not. Uh, Men in Black. Men in Black. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. I'll give you the point. That was my bad. That was the one one. I was waiting patiently. Yeah, we believe you, Mike. I believe you on the honor system on that one. So we'll we'll give you that one. We'll give you the point. That was on me. You just been passing him. I was like, like I said, I knew it was a Will Smith line. I could hear his voice and everything. I just couldn't remember which movie it was. Ah. (laughs) Team effort on that one. Okay, number three. You can trouble me for a warm glass of shut the hell up. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, That's a great line. Which which movie was it, though? Um. I'm going to go with uh, I feel like it's one of those movies with Seth Rogen in it. Um, knocked up? No. Ah. All right, Mike, I mean, like, I'm going to give you a shot. It's a wild guess. I'm going to say The Hangover. I have no idea. Happy Gilmore. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Happy Gilmore. Classic right there, for sure. It is. Uh, ben Stiller said it. The nurse. Remember when the old lady asked for the 
Show <laughs> me for a warm glass of shut the hell up. All right, last one for you, D. Here we go. Guys, I'm eating junk food and watching rubbish. That one doesn't ring a bell at all. Um, dang. Yeah, I, I I don't have a guess for that one. It's more like, guys, I'm eating junk food and watching rubbish. The yelling down. Does that help? Anybody? No? <laughs> uh, I don't know. No. No guess? I'm nah. going to guess we're the Millers out of nowhere. No. Oh, mom's right. Home Alone. Home Alone? Oh. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, better like... come down and stop me. Yeah, you guys can uh, see in your head, right? I mean, junk. Yeah, yeah okay. I get it. Oh, okay. I get it. Well, we don't need the tiebreaker or anything of that such. So, good job, Mike. <laughs> good job to the good job to the audience today for yes. coming through with some correct yeah, answers for sure. Us, that's for sure. <laughs> struggle at life here. All right. Yeah, that was definitely a struggle for sure. So now it's time for Mount Player Player. This is where we pick four different choices or topics to do our version of a Mount Rushmore, but we're cooler than that, so we call it Mount Player Player. And today we are picking four storylines from the preseason that we are most interested in. So we're going to start with Mike on this one. What is your number four storyline heading into the preseason that you're looking forward to? Um, yeah, let's just preface this. I didn't know Mike was going to be on this long, so I didn't let him know about this part. <laughs> I mean, I you, think, don't... <laughs> you guys jump in and I'll think of one for sure. I'll get one. Okay, no, we, we can start with Nikki, though, and then you'll give you a little minute. Okay, not that anybody cares about Seattle and the quarterback battle. So, but I kind of do. I just kind of want to see, like, <laughs> what is going to go on there because it's such a mess and, like, it's such a shit show. And it, it's like, as I call him Locksmith, that was my nickname for them, you know? Locksmith, who's going to win this quarterback battle? I mean, it's somewhat interesting. So you assume they're going to roll with Geno Smith. But what if Drew Locke really shows something? What if he's shown a lot through, you know, these preseason games? So what does Pete Carroll do? Do you just roll with Drew Locke and, you know, you just kind of move on from Geno Smith? Um, I don't know. I feel like Drew Locke is under a lot of pressure, right? Because there was so much expectation and he just – really hasn't lived up to that. So it's not a sexy pick, but it is something that I am watching because I want to see if Drew Locke really can, you know, do something here and, and have Pete Carroll actually have to make a decision. Okay. No, that's definitely one that's going to be interesting. Now, once the season starts, I feel like the interest will be gone yeah. when it comes to Seattle. <laughs> but preseason, I can see that being interesting for sure and to see who wins that starting job. So I definitely see why you picked that one. So for my number four, I'm going with another one that may not be interesting once the season starts, but the Pittsburgh Steelers. You got Trubisky and Kenny Pickett going at it for that starting job. I wonder if that year under Josh Allen helped Trubisky out. Did he learn from Josh Allen? Trubisky is an athletic quarterback. He's not the monster that Josh Allen is, but he does have some of those traits where he can run the football, has a pretty big arm. Uh, maybe he could take those traits to Pittsburgh and improve his career and maybe save his career as a starting quarterback. Or is it time for Kenny Pickett to come in right away and start? I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. So that's my number four is the Steelers QB battle. So, Mike, do you have a number four for us now? I do. It's actually one that I covered um, a little bit on our JSN TikTok uh, the other day. It's the rise of Kadarius Tony this offseason. Um, okay. as, a, as a fantasy player, I know that he's 
a guy that's been talked about a lot in the late rounds that shows a lot of promise, but I actually really like him. And I really like what I've seen from the videos coming out of camp. The guy is dominating and he's getting contested catches in the corner of the end zone. I mean, for a guy his size, he's really performing. He's looking more confident than ever. He's got that sweet swag on that visor. I don't know if you guys have seen that. It's like some kind of pattern on that visor. He's looking cool. He's looking like he's confident this year. I think he could have a huge year, honestly. Okay, I like so I like that as a fancy sleeper. I'll try to take him and make sure Nikki doesn't get him in our fancy draft. That we're gonna no, be like doing. you can't. No, you can't give any of this shit away. You cannot <laughs> give any strategies. I have to go up against these guys live on a live show, mind you, and you have to keep track. And if you if you draft someone that somebody else did, you have to take a shot. So then you're drunk, oh. double drafting, <laughs> trying to keep track, trying to do a podcast show. I mean. And everybody in that league, like I said last week, everybody is good. You know, usually you'd have like that one in the league. You can kind of, you can tell right away by like their first pick. You're like, oh, I can probably take advantage of them. Not in the podcast league. So you can't, you can tell me, you know, text me on the side. That's fine. Don't tell Don't tell All right, I'll keep that in mind. I like what you said about Darius Tony. After seeing him up close yesterday, I did tweet out that picture. that He was out there looking nice. Um He's got to work on his chemistry a little bit with Daniel Jones. I'm not like 100% comfortable about that, but I do think they will get there. So I do like that as a fantasy pick. Okay. No, I definitely like that as well as one of the storylines. Definitely underrated because he, we tend to forget about players when they have a year like he had last year where he had a couple games where he showed out uh, against my Saints. He had a couple moments, uh, but then after that, he kind of disappeared. So I definitely can see why you like that storyline for sure. So what's your number three, Nikki? Not that I like really care about what goes on in Dallas. So this is more of an individual person that I have my eye on. Uh, Sam Williams, just because, I mean, there's been so much buzz around him and he was their second round pick. He's going to play opposite, you know, Micah Parsons. So I think that'll give him a lot of opportunity for those one-on-one matchups. So I am interested to see how this kid develops just as a pure talent level. I hope, you know, the Cowboys have a horrible year, of course, but I would like to see what this kid can do. Okay. No, I definitely, I, I appreciate you showing some growth there and talking uh, about yeah, the Cowboys and, and doing that. So I definitely appreciate that. And I can see why that's an interesting storyline for sure. My number three is another QB battle. I don't like this team, just like you don't like the Cowboys, but the Carolina Panthers. Carolina <laughs> Panthers have a very interesting storyline with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Uh, is Baker better from his experience of going through what he went through with Cleveland being shipped aside, saying, we don't want you anymore. We know you picked your number one overall. You're supposed to be our guy, but we don't want you. Shipped him out of there. Then they wanted him out so bad, they paid $10 million of his salary to do it. So that really shows you how bad they wanted him out of there. And I wonder if he took that personally is going to have a good year, or does he even get to start? Does he lose this battle that set up for him to win to Sam Donald? Now, yes. training camp so far doesn't look too good. All we've seen is Sam Donald interceptions. But maybe we'll see different things in the preseason when the battle comes against different teams. Maybe we'll see. So that's my number three. Uh, what's your number three, Mike? My number three is a guy that's been in headlines a lot these past few weeks. It's Steelers uh, rookie receiver George Pickens. Uh, they've called him the star of camp so far. I've seen nasty catch after nasty catch online of this kid, and he just looks to be a stud. The Steelers have a rich history of drafting these receivers, not necessarily in the first round, that they just turn into studs. Deontay Johnson, Claypool, Antonio Brown, just to name a few. They know how to develop receivers over there. 
And people are making bold predictions. He's going to out-receive Deontay Johnson this year, take over as the alpha. And I could really see it with what we've been seeing so far in camp. Okay. See, I'm not a fantasy sleeper that I got to take away from Nikki. I like, I like what you're, I like what you're giving us so far. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're like, yeah, Mike, come on back. Come on every week for this segment. You just, I see how it is. I, you know what? doesn't matter. I am always outnumbered on the show, I guess. It <laughs> Everyone comes for the queen, right? That's that's what it is. That's a, that's the truth, though. When you're on the throne, you gotta protect it, and that's what you know. That's, so that's why we're gonna come for you. All right. So now let's get on to our number two. Uh, what's going on, Courtney? One of our biggest supporters, right there. We've all been guests on his show. Make sure you check him out. The real deal with Courtney Harden on all uh, podcast platforms as well. And he, Nikki, will be on that show talking fantasy football with the rest of the ladies there uh, yes. come Saturday. So make sure you check that out. But you so. can't watch. <laughs> they can't watch. I'm gonna give the ter- uh, Courtney. I'm gonna just let you know. Probably giving terrible advice because I got you know these two to worry about. And Court, this is why Courtney did this panel, right? Because he's still so mad that he lost last season. So I see, <laughs> I see all of you and what you're doing. It's all a big conspiracy to get you off of the throne, and I you know. and Ladonna off the throne. Nikki. I know. <laughs> That's okay. Um, No, so my number two, actually, Mike, you did touch on this. You know, we were saying, um, you know, with the Patriots, um, my eyes are on Jack Jones here because Bill Belichick is like the master at developing cornerbacks. And obviously that is a huge need for them. Um, uh, So I want to see how this kid develops. Can Bill Belichick do it? They obviously need the position to be addressed. So all eyes on Jack Jones for me. Okay, I like it. A very under the radar story right there. I definitely like that for sure, for sure. And your mom definitely has your back here Always. saying to call <laughs> to call us out. <laughs> Shout out to Mama Dukes there. So for my number two, another QB story, but this one isn't really a battle. This one is just me being interested in seeing what this quarterback can do. Malik Willis. Um, mm-hmm. Coming out of into the draft, out of the combine, it was a big thing. Would he be a first round pick? Second, ends up slipping to the third round to go to the Tennessee Titans. We all know that's Tannehill's job. But if Malik Willis can maybe show us some things in preseason and training camp that shows he has that X factor, maybe that extra gear that Tannehill doesn't have. Tannehill's fine for what you're doing there in Tennessee, but we know that there's people like Nikki who see Tannehill as the reason the Titans won't go far. So maybe Malik Willis in the preseason and training camp can show us the future and maybe come week six, week seven, you're looking at Tannehill, they're underachieving. You're like, oh, maybe Willis can be that guy. So I'm looking forward to see what he does in the preseason if he looks good, if he looks like somebody who should have been taken in the first round instead of the third round. So that's my number two. Uh, What's your number two, Mike? Uh, Mine is actually coming out of the Patriots as well. It's actually the news that uh, Ramondre Stevenson has been running a bit with the ones over Damian Harris um, in that backfield. Um, it's actually pretty interesting because Damian Harris had a crazy year last year, 15 touchdowns, but they view Ramondre as the better, more well-rounded back. He's obviously a better receiver. Um, so we'll have to see how this plays out. It could get really muddy, especially for fantasy. If these guys are both splitting completely even, but yeah, I think Damian Harris's job is in jeopardy. We already know the Patriots don't like to pay running backs. He's on his last year of his rookie deal. So he could be out of the door and they could even not even utilize him and uh, and give Ramondre the reins this season. So it's looking like that's at least an idea down there uh, in New England. Okay. 
No, that's right. definitely a good one. And that could be a stay away in fantasy. Maybe you're looking at Damian Harris and you're like, ah, I can't do that. I see that here that you probably get less carries than we expected uh, going into next year because of the emergence of Stevenson. So that's definitely a very good pick right there. So now it's time for number one. What's your number one, Nikki? Yeah, Courtney, you hear that? I think you should draft Damian Harris. So you heard <laughs> first. I want everybody to, you know. Uh, so my number one is, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. watch. So does not have a team? Right. Yeah. I mean, you got to think like Julio Jones, what did he get? Eight million. So I would assume somebody's going to pay up big for OBJ and his talents. And where will he take them? I would assume the Rams, but you never know. So, I mean, that's a major, major player in the league that is homeless right now. So I like to see where he lands because he is a difference maker. I know there's issues, you know, with the Giants, but he is a playmaker. Okay. No, I, I definitely like that pick right there for sure. And it's something that we just have to, you know, pay attention to. So that's a great pick right there. Number one, my number one, I'm looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Mm-hmm. Last year they had a joke of a coaching situation with Urban Meyer and all the things that were going on there. So now that you have an actual NFL coach and Doug Peterson, and a real staff, I want to see in the preseason how that has taken effect, right? Do you see them, executing their plays, having less penalties, just looking like a professional football team instead of what they looked like last year for most of the year in, until the last game when they knocked the Colts out of playoff contention. So I want to <laughs> see what <laughs> I want to see what Trevor Lawrence looks like, what that offense looks like, including uh, Travis Etienne, who didn't get to play last year, running back to pick in the first round. So there's a lot of things in Jacksonville, a lot of additions they made as well. I want to see how they look in the, the little bit of time you get to see with the starters in the preseason nowadays those, you know, one possession, one quarter maybe that you'll get to see of them. I want to see how they look in this preseason, if the effect has taken hold yet of having a real coach. All right, Mike, what's your number one? All right, my number one actually just came out today. Uh, the Saints first-round pick, uh, offensive tackle Trevor <laughs> Penning, uh, he's been fighting yeah. in practice. This was the third day running that he started a fight in practice, and he actually got <laughs> kicked out this time, uh, yeah, fighting man. with Taco Charlton, the defensive end. <laughs> this could be a really bad sign, honestly. I mean, he's a kid that had no attitude problems coming in, but this is something. I mean, one time is is nothing, but three practices in a row, getting kicked out, it's not a good look, especially for a rookie. So something to keep an eye on for a really high-drafted offensive tackle. Yeah, oh. as a as a Saints fan, I definitely have seen this. And I was like, dang, okay. Because the first day it happened, I'm like, okay, that's training camp, right? <laughs> like, it happens every year. You always have – Office alignment, defense alignment fights, wide receiver, cornerback fights every year, right? But you, like you said, three days in a row is a little like, okay, oh, not in the UFC. Like, I need you yeah. to stop and <laughs> chill out <laughs> and stop fighting people. Uh, I do think it's a good sign as far as him not taking anything from anybody, right? And him being a rookie, you know those defense alignment are coming at him, and they want to test him. They want to see if he's good enough to start at left tackle or we're going to go with James Hurst to start at left tackle because we did lose Toronto Armstead to – Miami. So that's one of our biggest holes in our roster is that left tackle spot. Is he good enough to come in right away and start and be serviceable or will it take a little while? Uh, If he can't handle his temper, it's going to take a little while. Uh, So hopefully this is a sign and a good thing of him being someone who's not going to take ish from anybody. And we'll see that going forward. And I think it was good that Dennis Allen kicked him out of practice. Like, yo, we need to chill out. Get out of practice. And maybe he'll come back tomorrow whenever they have practice again and be like, ready to go. Good to go and still be tough but not go over the line. So that's a really big storyline to look forward to, especially when it comes to the left tackle position for the Saints. Uh, so that was our Mount Player Player for this week. 
So now we're going to move on to our next segment called this or that. You can get with this. You can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. Get with third and three because this is where it's at. All right. So this oh, is- <laughs> you are. You know, for Jay. Yeah, no, this is, yes. like, this is what they do, you know? Okay. Yeah. I'm impressed. Uh, you should, yeah. <laughs> I work with professionals. They give me a hard time every week constantly, but, you know, they push me no, to be I'm- better. <laughs> well, thank you guys for the compliments on that. Worked on that for about a couple hours today. <laughs> like, like all afternoon to get that right and you didn't stumble i would have stumbled you know because i could barely pronounce anything it's that jersey i mean we don't pronounce everything right <laughs> so for this or that nikki's going to give us some choices on fantasy choices right pick this player yes. or that player different yes. fantasy situations and it's up to me and mike to determine which choice is correct nikki so no, go ahead and take it. over nikki all right, so we're going to do quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end, defense. And this week I threw in a flex. All right, okay. so quarterback, Matt Ryan versus Jameis Winston. Oh, I mean, I'll just start. I know what D's going to say, obviously. But for me, it's also, <laughs> yeah. it's no Same. question. Jameis has all the weapons around him this year. I actually really like him as a sleeper quarterback. Um we saw what he did last year. I think he threw something like eight touchdowns in the first six or five games, something like that. Um, and his his weapons around him only got better. He's going to have healthy Camara, Chris Olave coming in. Michael Thomas is back. That's huge news. It's Jameis by a mile. No one's rostering Matt Ryan. If you're in a 12-team league, no one wants him. Jameis has upside. He really does. Okay. No, you definitely know I agree with that. Um, but not just for being a Saints fan, but all the reasons you mentioned. The weapons around Jameis – are legit the weapons around Matt Ryan he has to like bring them up for them to be good the weapons around Jameis are already there when you talk about Michael Thomas coming back Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave looks great in camp Nikki tagged me the other day in a 60-yard bomb uh, that Jameis Winston threw to him in camp Uh, so you're seeing potential there you mentioned Alvin Kamara Uh, so again if that left tackle spot is fine the rest of the office line is good I can see Jameis having a really good year especially being his third year in this system so I would go with Jameis there as well. Yeah, I, and I actually agree with you guys. If anybody did see my TikTok video that I recorded last night, which didn't age well today uh, for one of our <laughs> wide receivers, but I did have Jameis Winston um, as one of my top eight sleepers because I feel like he's not getting enough credit for how good he can be. Um, all right, wide receiver, C.D. Lamb versus Debo Samuel. You know, this Ooh. is a great one, and – my opinion, if it was a week ago, actually, probably would have been different. But with the new contract that we saw that Debo got, um, he had all this talk when he was uh, wanting a new contract that he didn't want to be used at running back and all this and that. And then in the contract, he actually has incentives. I think he gets 150 grand if he gets over 380 rushing yards. And there's also an incentive for three rushing touchdowns, something like that. So it looks like he's going to take on at least a similar role uh, from last year. I know that there's no one else in Dallas to catch the ball. I actually heard today that CeeDee Lamb is the only receiver on the Cowboys offense with a touchdown in the NFL, which is just a crazy stat. But for me, it's Debo just because I love the utilization uh, and I love that rushing upside as well. Okay. Mike, man, coming in, dropping bombs. Dropping I know. Out. I love it. <laughs> I appreciate I love it. that here. I love it. Thank you so much. Uh, and because of those incentives in his contract, that definitely 
makes for him to be more attractive fancy wise right because you know now he's going to want those rushing touches because everybody wants a little extra money no matter how much you're making you want a little extra on the side yeah and with cd lamb he's going to be a heavy target for sure for cowboys like you mentioned the rest of the receivers are definitely inexperienced but he's going to be a receiver only debo you get the rushing and the receiving and you got a feeling with a young qb like trey lance they're going to lean on him even more so I'm going to go Debo, but I do think CeeDee Lamb has a really big year for the Cowboys. Yeah, I try not to draft Cowboys. I just, <laughs> uh, just can't. As objective as we have to be, we all cover sports. We all have, like, yeah. fantasy takes. We do this, you know, practically for a living. Like, we – so you have to be objective. But there are just some things, like, I just cannot – and I really try not to do for my own sanity. Could you imagine, right? So – Cowboys Giants play on Thanksgiving, right? I host Thanksgiving stressful enough. You don't want to fuck up the turkey, kill everybody. (laughs) Right. So now you have like, you know, Dallas Giants are playing. That's stressful. Could you imagine if I had CD Lamb on my team and I probably jinxed myself? Like I would just, yeah, no, brutal. I can't root for that. I just can't do it. God, no. It's no. tough. Like, I tried to have a Falcon one year on my team. Oh. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't Lord. do it. I couldn't, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do it at all. It was uh, Julio Jones. I drafted Julio Jones one year, oh. and he was going off against the Saints. And I'm like, I should be happy because I'm going to win fantasy this week. <laughs> 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 but I just couldn't enjoy it at all. So I can't drive any Falcons at all. You know, that's a good debate. It's like, if something like that happens, like, what do you want? Like, I guess it would depend how much money maybe is on the line. You want your fantasy team to win or do you want your team that you root for to win? Like, I will always go for the Giants win. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) No, I'm there too. All right, let's do running back. J.K. Dobbins versus Antonio Gibson. Oh, this is a tough one for me because Mm -hmm. I honestly don't like either player at all. I have oh. no shares of them whatsoever this offseason. And there's a there's different reasons for both. I'm going to slightly lean J.K. Dobbins, but mm-hmm. the news hasn't been great. Uh, his injury is worse than we thought already, and he's still not practicing. But I really do like his upside in the later season, especially if he can come back strong and he takes the time uh, to get fully healthy. Antonio Gibson is just – the whole offseason has been terrible for him. They drafted a new running back. Um, can't remember his name off the top of my head, but it was in the third round. Um, for some more competition he already struggled last year they really uh it just seemed like last offseason they were saying Gibson was going to be the next McCaffrey and now they're going back on their word with everything so he really has no upside the offense isn't going to be great in Washington so at least there's the upside uh with JK of being in that Lamar Jackson number one rushing offset offense so I'm going with JK with this one wow Mm. all right now it's yeah, this is a tough one. I like J.K. Dobbins a lot. Like, I drafted him last year right before the injury in our, in our league because we did it, like, the second week of preseason last year. Uh, so I definitely, you know, that I already like him. But like you mentioned, if he's not playing yet, that's a, that's a bad sign that he's not practicing yet. And with Gibson, does he exceed or does he thrive with Carson Wentz at QB more than with my man T. Henney from last year? I, you know, Taylor Heineke, I call T. Henney. Uh, I think he'll do a little bit better because teams do have to worry about the pass a little bit more. But like you mentioned, there is more competition at running back there. And with J.K., once he comes back, he's going to have a good year if he's back healthy because of that offense, because of the rushing threat of Lamar Jackson. Running backs tend to thrive in that system. Um, So I'm going to go J.K. Dobbins just because he's in Baltimore where running backs tend to have better stats because of the way that system is set up. 
Yeah, I think I'd probably go Dobbins too. Actually, somebody had asked on Twitter, who would you stay away from? And I said Antonio Gibson. So I can't pick him now. <laughs> Two days ago, I said, stay away. So, all right, let's go to tight end. Dallas Goder or TJ Hawkinson? Oh, for me, this is tough because Goddard did have a great stretch to end the year last year. But mm-hmm. with the addition of A.J. Brown, I, I really don't want the third option in an already low uh, volume passing offense there with Jalen Hurts. It's tough to pick that because there's just not a lot to go around, um, especially with the addition of A.J. Brown uh, as a dominant wide receiver one. So um, I'm going to have to go with Hawkinson. I mean, he came in. He's always been good when he plays. It's just a question of when he plays, and he only played about half the season last year. But I honestly do believe that Hawkinson's going to have more value. Uh, he's going to he's gonna do better overall this year. So it's got to be Hawkinson for me. I like it. Mm. Uh, you, you make a very good case for Hawkinson there. Uh, he definitely was one of those guys who was a good sleeper pick last year uh, for people who got him and didn't know about Detroit and what they could do offensively. Hawkinson definitely was a good pick. And like you mentioned, with Goddard, he's definitely very talented, but that offense is better when they run. Like for fantasy purposes, you might want them to pass, but for real purposes, they should run the ball because that's where they thrive and that's where they had success last year. When they started running the ball, that's when you saw the Eagles play better. Um, so I think I'm going to agree with you and go Hawkinson. I just don't love Jared Goff. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of his, <laughs> but uh, Jared Goff can't hit the tight end. So I think that Hawkinson will have a good year this year. Kenny. <laughs> but Mike, what do you think about uh, Jared Goff? Are you Jared? We are not on the show. Oh, not no, Jared God, no. Not in a million years. I mean, I think the worst testament to his talent is that he leaves and immediately the team he was on wins the Super Bowl. I mean, that's just got to hurt as the quarterback. Yeah. That's supposed to be your team. Your guys just go and win without you. So, no, yeah. definitely not team Jared Goff. All right, good. You can come back now. Okay, good. Um, all right, let's go to defense. Dolphins versus Eagles. Ooh. That's, that's a tough, a tough one. one. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's a tough one. I don't know. I mean – the Dolphins just basing – I mean, it's really tough to pick uh, just a defense over the course of the season because I just love to stream defenses based on the yeah, matchup. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I would have to go for Eagles here just because the Dolphins play in the brutal AFC. They're going to have so many shootouts. I really feel like, especially those division games against the Bills, they always get crushed. So they're, they're a defense that can just – their points will add up in that uh, – the AFC. So I'm going to have to go with the NFC team here in the Eagles and just hope for less points put up overall. Okay. I can see why you said it. I'm going to go Dolphins because they blitz so much. And I feel like because they're such a blitz heavy team, they can lead to more turnovers and maybe you get more pick sixes and fumbles that turn into touchdowns and you get those defensive points, uh, which matter a lot in fantasy. Of course, if you have a team that gets three interceptions in the game, it definitely can turn the tie for you depending on how the scoring is in your league. So I'm going to go Dolphins just because of the potential of turnovers and, you know, interceptions that lead to points and fumbles that lead to points for them. All right. Um, all right. Let's go to a flex. Traylon Burks or Drake London? Ooh, another tough one. Um, <laughs> Traylon Burks really struggled uh, at the start of training camp. I know he was dealing with some asthma and stuff like that. Yeah. Um it's really up in the air because they're both slated to be uh, number one receivers, not necessarily targets because Drake London has to compete with Kyle Pitts, obviously, but I'm going to have to go with Drake London. I think he's probably the superior talent. I know he has Mariota throwing to him, which definitely takes him down a little bit, but as Nikki knows, Tannehill's not much better, to be honest. Yes. So, 
I'm just going to go with London just because the buzz has been so opposite for these guys. Traylon Burks has been a lot of negative stuff this offseason, and Drake London's been dominating. Um, so I'm going to go with Drake London. Mm. I'm going to go Burks just because of the lack of weaponry around him. Uh, with, like you mentioned, with Atlanta, they do have pits there. I can see them trying to force feed pits a lot. And Mariota, even though I'm not a Tannehill fan, I, I'm I'm even less of a fan of Mariota. <laughs> Mariota, I just for he's never been somebody who I thought was good at all. Like I never saw the potential. I didn't see anything in Mariota at all. With Tannehill, if the running game is working, you can get the play action going, and I can see Burks having some big games. So I'm gonna go with Burks, but honestly, I'm not in love with either one of those guys. Honestly, got it. Um, so as I said, I did an ill time. It's not an ill time, but I mean, you record you know, fantasy sleeper video last night. So uh, today didn't age well, but that's okay. Um, I did make a note about it. Do you guys have any fantasy sleepers? I know we're all getting questions on social media about that. You guys agree with mine. You think I'm crazy. You got your own you want to throw in there. Okay. Yeah, you definitely, you made some great picks. And Tim Patrick would have been a great pick if he didn't get hurt for sure. Like that. Yeah, he was looking great in camp. Everybody's talking about his connection with Russell Wilson. Uh, so that um, I hate to see that he got hurt like that. Um, I do yeah, like so Jameis. Um, well. Yeah, I had yeah. Jameis Winston, Alec Pierce, Christian Kirk, Rashad Bateman, Tim Patrick, unfortunately, Rashad White, Chase Edmonds, and Irv Smith. So, you know, if you guys have any anybody else you would throw in there? Yeah, I so, mean, one guy that I have to look at um, that I've been getting in almost all of my mock drafts so far in preparation is still Travis Etienne. I know that his, uh, his draft price has increased a little bit, but he's a guy that I love. Usually that's a running back dead zone in, uh, in rounds three and four, but I just love getting him and he's just oozing with potential. I mean, I can't be more excited about this kid just to see what he does on the football field. They're talking about lining him up at receiver. Uh, he's got the rapport with his quarterback already, which we see is important in the NFL to have that college connection. So I really can't wait to see what he can do. I honestly think he has top 10 running back upside, uh, and I'm taking him everywhere that I can. In the fourth round, maybe uh, late third. Oh. Okay. No, I definitely like that for sure. That's a Like I said, I mentioned him earlier when we were talking about our preseason storylines, how I want to see what he does in the preseason, see if he's back to looking like that guy we saw in Clemson a couple years ago. So I, I like that pick. Um, for me, I was just thinking about this. We got news earlier today that uh, Marquise Brown – got arrested for speeding in Arizona. So whoever the other wide receivers are, like they have to have somebody else. They gotta get the they ball. Are, but then. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't even think of them on the top of my head, but someone else has to get the ball there. No <laughs> thing happened for six games. We don't know what's going on with Brown. Those other receivers have to step up somehow. And somebody's got to get the passes there. So if you're a Cardinals fan and you know, let me know. Let me know who's the guy in camp. <laughs> Who, who's standing out so I can go ahead and get them in the last round and get a little sneak peek in there on the Cardinals. Um, someone I mean, else who oh, – Oh, sorry. Ahead. I was going to say, uh, I know that Zach Ertz has been a popular uh, late-round tight end, too. Mm-hmm. And if Hollywood Brown is out, oh, my God. Like, who else is going to catch the ball? He might have 30 mm-hmm. catches in the first three games. So I feel <laughs> like Zach Ertz, too, as a late-round tight end that you can get in all your drafts. Okay. No, I definitely like that as well. Uh, if you're looking for a real sleeper tight end – uh, Jawan Johnson for the Saints. I know they have a bunch of weapons there. All the attention is going to be on Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave. 
but he's going to be lined up at tight end along with Taysom Hill. But he's going I think he's going to win the starting job as far as tight end go. He's a former receiver, very speedy at the tight end position. Uh, he showed some potential last year. And but after Jameis got hurt, he kind of fell, you know, to the to the wayside. But I think this year will have a, a surprise year there. And I could see him getting like maybe 600 yards, being a big red zone target. Uh, so touchdowns, of course, that's, you know, what you go for in fantasy. So I can see him being a big sleeper there. Uh, Nikki, did you have any more outside of those? Uh, no, those were my eight. But wait, hold on. You can get arrested for speeding? <laughs> he was. He must have been doing a crazy level because they he said, said it, it was It was criminal at least speeding. over 20 over the speed limit, I believe. To Wait, say, yeah, just like, over 20? I'd be arrested every day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on the Garden State Parkway, right, it's 65, but, I mean, that just means 80 to 85. So, right. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's, and I talked about this on my podcast. New York, New Jersey, driving is there different. It's, it's different there for sure. <laughs> like, I, I experienced that for the first time a couple of weeks ago when I visited. It's definitely different there. Yeah. Um, but for, for him to get arrested, he had to be doing something crazy. Like, he had to be swerving in oh, out yeah. of lane, going like, because for the cops to arrest you for criminal speeding, he had to be doing something nuts out there for sure. Because out here, if he was out here in Arizona, that's most of the freeways are like 75. So he was doing like 95, 100 yeah, and been. going in and out of lanes. Like, he had to be doing something crazy to get arrested for sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Criminal speeding. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. We don't, I don't think we have that in Jersey because all of us would be locked up. For sure. For sure. So man, today went by quick, but that is our show today. So Mike, man, you did an awesome job. We're definitely going to have you back on as a guest periodically here. Please let the people know where they can find your work and where they can find you. All right. Just want to say thank you so much for the opportunity. And I look forward to returning very soon. Love the podcast. Uh, you can find me uh, on Instagram on Instagram at Dilger underscore. And my Twitter is at Mike D-I-L-G. Yes. So go ahead and follow this man. Obviously, he knows his stuff. He yeah. dropped nothing but gems today. Yeah. Was coming in. He needs a little work on his movie trivia, but outside of that, I should have went with the rainforest. I mean, I thought, let me go easy here, you know? But <laughs> Yes. next time i'll get you next time for sure for sure nikki if like if you are just got your eyes open you'll see nikki somewhere she's either at, <laughs> <laughs> she's at giants training camp she's on a giants podcast near you uh she's yeah. doing guest work on other podcasts yeah. she'll be on a fancy podcast this weekend with courtney you just whatever you have your eyes open you're looking in any direction you might see nikki twice you might be cloned yeah. You might see her somewhere else because she's always doing something in different places. So please let people know where they can find you and where they can find your work, Nikki. Oh, you guys can find me, of course, at Nikki Nick 9384. My written content, obviously, 33podcast.com, jerseysportingnews.com. You can also find Mike's content in the same places. Um, And let me see, what do I have going on? Right. So, Friday, I will be at Giants Fan Fest. Um, so probably team, teaming up, uh, stopping by the New York Giants Rush podcast booth that they're doing. Um, I will be on Courtney's Women in Sports Fantasy Football panel. I will not be giving away any strategies, but that's going to be Saturday at 1230. Uh, Tuesday, I am back at Giants training camp, and then I am jumping on the New York Giants Rush podcast, and we're going to interview David Wilson. So, and then, of course, Wednesday, back here with you guys. 
And I think what I'm going to do is do that schedule every week. I mean, people viewed it a lot. They seem to like it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I am all over the place. And if anybody, any Giants fans out there, I did get this a little bit yesterday. So when I went to camp, my focus really was wide receivers. What's Daniel Jones look like? I know it was super controversial yesterday. I don't know why. Um, but if anybody out there has a specific question or they want me to watch for some players specifically on Tuesday, go ahead, DM me on Twitter. I will answer you. And anybody for Fantasy Football, Third and Three Podcast is getting you through the entire month. I know we all have drafts coming up. You can absolutely DM all, any of us, Mike included. We will answer you. We will ask, you know, we will answer your burning fantasy draft questions. You probably should ask Mike since he gave such great advice today, but I am all over. I will keep my schedule posted and I will be here every Wednesday. Yes. And we also see where Nikki gets her driving from. As her mom says, she does 80 coming out of the driveway. She does. <laughs> I used to my mom take a turn. Like, whoa. Uh, Bring a but- race car. Thank you. Thank you, mom, as you came through and, you know, support this show as always. Definitely appreciate that. So for me, you can find me on all social media platforms at The Real Deal WDA. Uh, I am always dropping some different type of content. So it could be interviews from the WNBA as I cover the Phoenix Mercury for the three-point conversion. So if you want to keep with that content, just go ahead and follow me there. Uh, Also, I'll be doing Real Deal Bets videos from this day going forward. Uh, today, I dropped one on the Arizona Cardinals over under win total. I'll be doing one on each NFL team. I just started Arizona because I'm going to ABC order. So the next one to be Atlanta. <laughs> I'll be dropping that one uh, tomorrow as well. So make sure you follow me on all social media platforms for all that content. My podcast is called The Real Deal with Damian Adams. You can catch it on all podcast platforms. I cover the NFL on there, but most of my NFL talks on here. On there, I also talk about basketball and boxing. We'll be doing an NFL preview from a betting standpoint on there as well. And I might have to get Mike on and talk some fancy football for sure. Cause I want to sure, get them on great. and I want to hide it. I want to hide it from Nikki. I know Nikki probably going to listen, go. but I want to get some secret stuff to hide from Nikki uh, to bring it to go into yeah, our I show as well. Oh, okay, Mike. I see. Yeah. Okay. I see. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I see but, now. but I want to, I want to thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to us, to watch us, to share us, to support us. We really do appreciate it. And until next time, make sure you support all of us in all of our endeavors. All right. Give them the wave, Nikki. Yay. Pageant wave. <laughs> all right. And.